Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. Today, we're going to be talking about cognitive behavioral therapy and rational emotive behavioral therapy, CBT and REBT. It's a class of interventions that share basic premise that mental disorders and psychological distress are maintained by cognitive factors. The core premise of this treatment approach, as pioneered by Aaron Beck and Albert Ellis, holds that the maladaptive cognitions contribute to the maintenance of emotional distress and behavioral problems. So basically the idea behind cognitive behavioral therapies is that our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are all connected and that they all interact together. And more specifically, that our thoughts determine our feelings and our behavior. Sometimes negative and unrealistic thoughts can cause us distress and result in problems. And when a person suffers with psychological distress, the way in which they interpret the situation becomes skewed which in turn has a negative impact on the action. REBT suggests that people have erroneous beliefs about situations that they are involved in, and those beliefs cause disturbances but can be disputed and changed with REBT. This was the first form of cognitive behavioral therapy, and this was before the term cognitive behavioral therapy was really used at all. Um, Albert Ellis was working on RABT and developing that in the mid-20th century. Um, And a few years later, Aaron Beck started working on what was then called cognitive therapy and became known as cognitive behavioral therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy, in fact, is an umbrella term used to cover multiple different therapies that share some common elements about this idea of thoughts and feelings impact our behaviors. So let's talk for a moment about what these actually look like, what the basic premises are behind how we would help someone with cognitive behavioral therapy or rational emotive behavior therapy. So REBT helps to identify self-defeating thoughts or what Ellis would call irrational thoughts. And those thoughts lead to feelings. And then if we challenge the thought or belief and the rationality of those beliefs, then we can replace them with more productive thoughts and beliefs that are more productive and more adaptive for our lives. And CBT is pretty similar to that, but CBT also focuses on challenging and changing those unhelpful thoughts and behaviors, but it also focuses on improving emotional regulation and developing coping strategies that can target solving current problems. So when I'm using REBT or CBT, the way I see this, and I don't know that this is necessarily the way all therapists or all counselors see it, but for me, REBT is really looking at the belief system and where those beliefs came from so that we can really challenge the belief moving forward so that we have more rational and more adaptive thought patterns going forward. CBT challenges the thought pattern that we're having today and tries to work on today moving forward rather than going back to the, the core of the belief. 
With REBT as well, Ellis really focused on identifying some irrational beliefs that he thought were common for many people. And so just so you guys can understand what we're talking about, an example of one of those is that the thought that if I am not perfect or if everyone is not happy with me, then I am a failure or I'm no good. Another one would be that life is fair. That is an irrational belief that everything should be given fairly to everyone. Um, And that belief, if someone sticks to it, causes them significant distress throughout their life. So again, what we would do with either CBT or REBT is we would look at certain beliefs like that that can cause us to be self-defeating as a result. And we would look to change them. With REBT, we would look to dispute them and make them more rational or more healthy. And with CBT, we would also focus on challenging and changing those unhelpful thoughts and behaviors. So some disorders that can be treated with both of these um, include your anxiety and depression disorders. They can also be phobias. We can treat trauma and PTSD with these as well. We can also treat sleep disorders, eating disorders, OCD, and substance use disorders. So what might that process look like of using CBT or RABT? The first thing to remember about both of these is that the client has to have some stability as far as their basic needs prior to the use of either of these therapies. So if someone is in a significant crisis and they come to therapy, we're not going to jump into some of the CBT or RABT therapies right away necessarily. First, we're going to look at the basic needs that are being met for this person and that they are, they are safe. Absolutely. I, I sometimes I say that, you know, it would just be impossible for us to focus on something like someone's anxiety or depression if they have nothing to eat later that day. It just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for us to do that, um, nor would we really make any progress on that. Um, so we really do have to take care of some of those basic needs first. And if someone needs a therapist help with that, that is absolutely fine. There's no issue with that. But just know that sometimes we can't jump right into a particular treatment approach. And things like CBT and RABT are pretty structured. There's usually a set number of sessions that they believe, the therapist believes that will be necessary using this therapy to get some sort of progress or end result. CBT tends to be a little more structured than REBT. It usually has a set number of sessions on average that tends to be between five and 20 sessions. Um, But typically throughout those sessions, what we would do is, as Cora already mentioned, uh, we want to work on becoming more aware of the thoughts that are occurring. Um, And then the feelings and the behaviors associated with the problems that we're experiencing in life. We also want to identify negative and inaccurate thinking. And then we want to change and reshape that those thinking patterns. One of the hallmarks of RABT is the ABCs. And that's an activating event, a belief, and a consequence. So what the therapist and the client would do is look at the belief system surrounding a particular event and what how that 
belief created consequences. And those consequences could be an emotional reaction. It could be a trip to the police department or anywhere in between. So it could be emotional or behavioral. And then once we have the ABCs figured out, we go with D, which is to dispute the belief. So if we take a look at that belief and see how it's irrational, and then we can create not necessarily create, but break that down into what the reality is, what is a rational belief about the activating event, that will, in fact, change the emotional response and therefore the behavioral response to that kind of event. So in the future, if something similar happens and we have this new belief about that, our reaction is going to be different. So if we go back to our example from earlier about the fact that if we're not liked by everyone, we might assume that we're a failure, we're no good. We've identified this as an irrational belief. What would you say would be be a more rational and more realistic belief to have instead, Cora? That I have worth and value even if some people don't like me. Right. Absolutely. So that's the way that the REBT model works. And it's pretty, again, CBT is pretty similar to that as well in the way that it works. But there are some risks and benefits to every theory or theoretical orientation that we use. Um, So some risks associated with CBT can be just exploring painful feelings, emotions, and experiences. Perhaps we're kind of looking at the past to identify where they came from, and that can be painful or or unpleasant. Perhaps you might cry or get upset or feel angry during or after a session when you come to recognize certain things or make certain connections. And you could also feel physically drained as well. Um, A lot of times people might just feel tired or need a nap. There are some forms of cognitive behavioral therapy, such as exposure therapy, that require someone to confront some beliefs in some situations that they're really uncomfortable with and would rather, will basically do anything to avoid, such as being around airplanes if you're afraid of flying, maybe going to the airport, maybe going inside the airplane and back and and doing all of these things to expose yourself little bit by little bit. And that can cause some stress and some anxiety that typically would be acute, but sometimes can become overwhelming. Exposure therapy could be in real life, like actually going to visit the airport, or it could be in vivo, which means in your mind. But sometimes, even though these experiences sound like they would be terrible, the way to get past this stuckness is to lean into that uncomfortability and move through the anxiety. So those are some of the risks associated with cognitive behavioral therapies. There are also many benefits Um, CBT is actually the most researched form of psychotherapy. We've done tons of research on it. So one place where it's been found to be really helpful is with youth and in particular with anxiety disorders. So one study from the Journal of Anxiety Disorders from 2018 um, looked at this particular population and they looked at separation anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, and generalized anxiety disorder. So this study found that at the long-term follow-up, 
more than 50% of the participants no longer had an anxiety disorder, and over 60% of the participants had significant reductions in all of their anxiety symptom measures. Another study from 2012, a little bit of an older one, found that CBT is an effective treatment for ADHD in adults. And another study from 2020 found that outpatient cognitive behavioral therapy was helpful in dealing with anorexia, as well as in restoring weight and reducing eating disorders in young adults. 2019 publication in the World Journal of Clinical Oncology found that rational emotive behavioral interventions helped patients with cancer and their caregivers to manage psychological distress and anxiety symptoms. REBT has also been helpful in treating depression among women who were diagnosed with HIV. There's many different studies out there that show the effectiveness of both cognitive behavioral therapy and rational emotive behavior therapy. If you're interested in learning whether or not um, something that you struggle with can be treated with one of these, um, you should be able to find that information online. Or if you reach out to your therapist, they may be able to help you find an appropriate treatment in the cognitive behavioral therapy umbrella. It's always a good idea to check in with your therapist or any other mental health provider or even your doctor if you think that one of these therapies could be helpful for you or seeing if they are appropriate for you. Um, and there's no harm in checking in and we can always point you in the right direction if we're not trained in helping you. CBT and RABT are good options for a lot of different people and sometimes these interventions can give someone some pretty quick relief, but sometimes, like anything in mental health, it takes a long time to get to meeting your mental health goals. So we want our listeners to keep in mind that while you may get a bit of relief early on working with CBT and REBT, to really stick with it and work with your therapist to fully meet those mental health goals. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us.